welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. We are at episode 24, the big 2-4, Mr. Puma. Holy shit. All right? This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, the Puma. Oh, yeah. You know what? You know what else the great state of New Hampshire has in common with, you know, tied into the NFL? People getting arrested for possession of cocaine. Oh, God. Patrick Chung. My boy, Patrick Chung. Living up in the Granite oh. State. It's good. It's tax-free. No income tax. No sales tax. But Greatest no, state model of all time. Dude, live free or die. But if you're going to have people at the house, have them keep the cocaine like somewhere not near the house. Dude. In your car. Somewhere. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I know. I know, man. We'll get all to that, all into that stuff here soon. Uh, give you a quick rundown of our podcast. Um, we are going to be doing the introduction slash bullshit section that goes nowhere, as always. Um, and then the big news of the day, Andrew Luck retiring yesterday, dropping a bombshell on the NFL. Um, is going to be the main topic of today's podcast. And I have a good feeling we'll be on that topic for a while. So if we can squeeze anything else, we will. Yep. But if not, then it is what it is. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. I, I could have... My jaw still... We're almost like, what, a full 24 hours removed from what happened. And my jaw still on the floor. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I woke up, no lie, I woke up this morning and I was like... This is a dream. Like, I, this is like, this is a bad trip. Like, maybe Brandon had too many IPAs last night. It was like, oh, Andrew Luck retired. Yeah, yeah. No, he he really did. So it's Saturday night, the IPA night. Is that what's up? Oh, you know, it's IPA night. It's you know, you're watching live PD. Yeah. Waiting for Adam Schefter to tweet, apparently. <laughs> but we'll get into that. But yeah. you were. You were out in California. We we took a week off last week. Yeah. yeah. I fucked up the dates and thought you were in California. Last week, but well, apparently you were out there this well, week. Well, it was like early this week, right? Early so this I had week. to be like, I had to be in, at JFK like early Sunday, early Monday morning. Right. Um, fly out to, to California. We had some meetings out there and then fly back the next day. It was brutal turnaround, man. Just absolute brutal. A cross country trip is not fun. Right. Um, now, this is the first time, though, I've had a bad experience with JetBlue. Like, really? I, I absolutely love JetBlue, it's my go to airline. JFK, LAX, direct, no issues, right? I do it all the time. Mm. But this is the first time that I had a bad pilot. And I know it's hard to wrap our minds around having a bad pilot because um, us as consumers don't really like interact with the pilot as much. Right. But when the pilot is bad, it fucks with your day. Oh, shit. <laughs> it fucks with your day. But I'll give you the quick rundown of this. I, uh, I, you know, I get out there Monday, do my thing, uh, work all day Tuesday as well. And, you know, at 8 p.m. at night, I'm super tired. I'm ready to get on a flight back from LAX to JFK. Um, I'm ready to just get home, right? So I, I'm, I'm getting on the aircraft. And immediately I see the pilot in the galley, like, kind of berating a flight attendant. Like, over, over some shit. I don't know what it was, but she was, like, like keeping this FA in line. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She had that pilot tone. And she was very, like... Um, and the best way I can describe this pilot is that if um, if the Grumpy Cat meme was a short, oh, shit. short blonde pilot, this is what this oh, pilot shit. would be. <laughs> he was that guy. Dude, seriously, seriously, right? Uh, this is the beginning of it. Now, I realized it was going to be an interesting ride because the first interaction she had over the PA system was essentially just like yelling at us. And it was very brief, right? She she came on the PA system three times throughout the flight. 
The first time we were in line to take off, and she, I shit you not, she comes on the PA and she just yells, "We're fourth in line," and that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Oh my that's, God. that's all she does. Like this, there was no like, "Hey, welcome to JetBlue. This is your captain. This is your co-pilot. Well, flight time is blah blah. Right. All that bullshit. New York, you know, temperature is blah blah. Right. None of that shit, dude. None of that shit. It's all right, dude. Seriously, fourth in line. I swear to God, we're going for fourth. We're fourth for takeoff. <laughs> Sit down. I swear to God, dude. The second time, uh, dude, so we're like four hours into the flight. Yeah. Um, it's like one o'clock in the morning. I'm passed out, right? right. When she wakes <laughs> you up to give you a I swear control? to God. I swear to God. She wakes me up. Ha- wakes up half the fucking cabin. <laughs> she yells, turbulence ahead, buckle up. <laughs> dude, I wake up. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> so it sounds like, I mean, if this was snakes on a plane, though, she would live. Right. What's up? If if this was like snakes on a plane, she would be like the one flight attendant well, that I've, would live. Well, I've never seen. You haven't uh, seen. Oh, Jesus I've never Christ. seen snakes on a plane. Right, but but the flight there. attendant wasn't the one saying this. It was the captain saying this stuff. Oh, over the PA. Yeah, yeah. This is the captain. Oh, okay. This I'm is the, the captain. I thought it was the flight attendant. Yeah, not the flight attendant. Okay. This is the captain, which is even more alarming. I can see a <laughs> shitty flight attendant having a bad day. Right. And taking it out. So he's on the but, loudspeaker. Yeah. Saying we're fourth in line. Turbulence ahead. Buckle up. Dude, exactly right. Okay. Now I'm with you. That's the two comments, right? The third and final comment. Literally was we're on to final into JFK and that's it. <laughs> Jesus, it like, and he's young. Like, is no, he trying to? Get no, fired? no. So uh, the grumpy cat lady was the pilot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's a she. She. Yeah. Not yeah. Bad. But was she young? No, she's like olderish. Oh, like you know, I'm, I'm clocking in. Yeah, I'm like no, three she, flights away from retirement. I think so, dude. She was like one of those older, um, like JetBlue captains. I just, I think, just milling it in at this point. Wow. She's just. But it was the first time that I had a very like negative experience with JetBlue and like just who they are because they're great great service man right. they, they're JetBlue yeah they don't like nickel and dime you they make sure you're comfortable right this chick this, this captain what the lie dude the worst was when she woke all of us up at 1am with turbulence like it's nothing <laughs> it's, it's, I think she probably did it on purpose just like well, every single back I gotta make sure they're all buckled up right but she comes on and she's like turbulence ahead buckle up <laughs> we're all like fuck I remember thinking like the plane's going down like she should I be like calling? Should I be calling someone? Yeah, yeah. Be like, hey, babe, I love you, dude. And uh, my boss Chris was with me as well, and we, we he was on the plane. Yeah, too? he was. Uh, he was in first class, and we both got off the uh, the aircraft, and we're like, dude, was it me or was that captain a complete jerk? He's like, dude, yeah, she woke me up. He woke me up twice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Oh my god, dude, it was insane. It, it, it was insane because, like, I've never experienced that before. I've always experienced a pilot being very professional, right. very courteous, very, hey, we're taking off this time. This is the in-flight time. Right. All that shit. Right. Imagine just having, like, maybe 20 interactions, just 20 words of interaction with your captain. Right. And they're all aggressive yelling at you through the PA system. Wow. Nope. I just opened the door at 30,000 feet and see what happens. <laughs> like, eh, like, minus 30. I can't breathe. It's Okay. Take my chance with yeah, God. Yeah, that, that was my week in a nutshell, man. How about you? How's things on your end? It was good, man. Yeah. It was good. We, we celebrated Marky's birthday twice. Once on his actual birthday, uh, my family came down here and we had a little cookout and he was swimming in the pool. And then yesterday we went to Splashdown Beach okay. up in Fishkill, Fishkill, New York. Okay. Uh, just hung out there for the day. Uh, he was as happy as a clam, uh, short of us, like, fighting off fucking yellow jackets all day. Yeah. But it was a good time. Nice, nice. How old is, now? How old is he now? He is big one, too. Oh, wow. He's, 12 years uh, old, huh? Tom Brady. He's uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And Andrew Luck. Career RIP. You know, Jim Kelly. Yeah. 
Well, happy birthday to Marcus. Happy 12th birthday, brother man. Yeah. Super fan number one over here, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the truth. This is the truth. Now, I got a question. Yeah. You seem you seem like a you know well-to-do guy in regards to beverages, you yeah, know, with yeah. coffee or Love whatever. Coffee, yeah. What's your take on seltzer water? I think it's uh, it's like fake soda. Right? It's like, hey, I want to have soda, but I feel like if I drink the, the calories of the sugar right. and soda, um, to negate all that, I'm just going to have seltzer. And I'm like, like when did, I, I don't like when it. When did fucking bubbly water be, like, be, become a thing? Like, if I'm drinking seltzer water, either one, I better be having, like, you know, stomach pain or indigestion or I better be drinking, like, some booze at a bar. Like, yeah. I am not willing... Like willingly going out to the big Y or stop and shop and buying polar seltzer or whatever because you know I don't know it's all over the place like oh I'm getting really good seltzer shut up man either drink water or drink soda but like don't no no I can't can't. no I get it I get it it has like no taste it's kind of weird in your mouth no I'm saying um, I've seen a lot of people. Like they're giving seltzer water as gifts. Who, who does that? Who did that? Who does that? Who did it's that? like all over the place. It's who like fucking Facebook and Twitter and all this other shit. Like they're, they're, coming, they're showing up places and giving out seltzer water. Brent, if, as you a gave gift, me, if you gave me if that you as a gift. If you give me a housewarming gift of seltzer water, get out. I'm gonna, exactly. I was going to say. Give me booze. I was going to say, you should be locked up. For I'd have more respect if you gave me a 12 pack. <laughs> okay? No, no. I don't want bubbly water. If I want. Like the bubbly factor, I'll I'll eat a fucking little tablet of Alka Seltzer mm-hmm. and then I'll shoot it with water. Like I'm not no no I don't need. need I've seen a lot water. of people put uh, Seltzer water into alcohol nowadays. Yeah, that's fine. That, yeah. Get a little. It's not like really gin and tonic, but like a little yeah. bubbly bubbly action and booze. Okay, fine. But no, not like the fucking white claw shit. No, no, no. Fuck do we here. have? Do we have any friends that would? I would give us like. I mean, I bust Rose balls all the time about you know truly and white claw. Oh, he drinks white claws. That, you know, can't confirm nor deny. You know what? Either you he does what? or he loves to push you know my what? buttons. You know what? Dero does the, seem to be that kind of guy who would drink. Some seltzer water or some claw or whatever it is. Hey, no laws apply when drinking claws, apparently. But I'm sorry. I'll just drink straight tequila until I die. <laughs> it's fine. I gotta get that off my chest. I can't. You, all right, you all show right. up in my house with seltzer water, you're getting carried out in a rail. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Okay. I like it. All right. Time to get to the bombshell that was dropped on the NFL last night. One, Andrew Luck has decided to retire Two weeks before the season opener for the Indianapolis Colts, um, Mr. Puma, what is your thoughts on that? Bombshell is a is a, a a light statement. Like if you if you had to compare this to, you know, real life events, and uh, you know, forgive me for being, I guess, dramatic. This would be like Hiroshima and Nagasaki in like the comparison of like the football universe because you have so many things in play. You have a whole an entire team. That is primed to make a Super Bowl run in a division that may be difficult, but is probably, you know, right up there with like the AFC East of like for a path to the playoffs. And now, you know, you have sports betting involved. How many people lost out money on Andrew Luck no longer playing anymore because he decided to retire at the age of 29? Now, like my dark horse team, the Bills, they could stand a spot for a wild card spot. I mean, you know, the Ravens, like the AFC North is a hard-hitting division. The AFC, like everything in the AFC is in play Mm -hmm. now that Andrew Luck retired at 29. Yeah, and since it's such a broad topic, I think the best way of doing this and keeping this all organized is we'll talk about the initial reaction we had. Right. We'll talk about Luck's legacy. 
um, moving forward, what this means for the Colts. Mm-hmm. And then we can probably end it up with uh, the Colts fans being classless assholes yeah. and booing the man while he's walking off the field. So yeah. to start with the initial reaction, man, I, I saw this. Uh, I was watching the game last night on ESPN, uh, Gators versus Canes. Great game. First college football game. I was super excited. Um, and I was scrolling through Twitter. And the first thing I saw was Adam Sheffer throwing up breaking breaking news. Um, file to ESPN. Andrew Luck has advised Mr. Ayer say he's retiring. I saw that initially, and I thought, "Yep, that's a hack." I was somebody. Same somebody had to have hacked Adam Schefter's account. Um, somebody is fucking with ESPN. Um, this shit's not really happening. I didn't believe it, right? Yeah. When it really started sinking in that this was happening was when the game itself had a little like uh, bar at the bottom, and it said, yeah. "Breaking news." You know, Colts. Uh, Andrew Luck has retired. So that is when it started sinking in, and I started realizing the gravity of the situation. And what had just happened? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm same boat. I was watching. Uh, I was going back and forth uh, between the game uh, on ESPN, and then uh, I was watching, uh, you know, live PD with uh, with Tara, my fiance. We were watching the game, and I have my Twitter notifications turned off for Adam Schefter, and I saw that tweet, and I said, "Holy shit!" And yeah. Tara looked at me like, you know, what the hell's like? What's wrong? Like, yeah. is everything okay? Yeah, I was like. Did you also yell when I yelled at his book? I yelled. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I literally said, like, holy shit. And she's asking, like, is everything fine? And I said, Schefter's tweeting Andrew Luck retired. But, like, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't make sense. He's, like, he's I'm, – I'm older than Andrew Luck. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way. Like, this has to be a hack. Like, maybe – I know he likes to, you know, joke every now and then that, like, his dog or whatever – like did a tweet and it's just like a joke. It's no yeah. problem. I'm thinking he's fucking with people in the sure. middle of college football. And then I saw Ian Rappaport running mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. And I saw uh, uh, Garoppolo run with it. And then Bleacher Report ran with it. And I know I was driving her insane because I was going back and forth between NFL Network and ESPN. And the bottom lines of both said, per Schefter, ESPN, yeah. Andrew Luck retired citing you know mental exhaustion pretty much. Yeah. And I was just waiting for one of them to cut to a live feed to Indy because yeah. I'm like, I need, I need to see what the hell is going on down there. Yeah. And my and jaw was on the floor. J- too hot, boots hot. He called me as soon as the news broke. And yeah. we, we just kept saying, I can't believe it. Yeah. Like, there's no way. Yeah. I can't believe it. I, I think the, uh, the abruptness. I'm getting fucking goosebumps right now talking about it. <laughs> the abruptness of it. And just the timing of it is what led all of us to be like, what is going on? Just because it's two weeks before the season starts for the Colts. Mm -hmm. Like, let that sink in. These guys had a plan to move forward with Andrew Luck as their quarterback this year. Yep. On a team that had aspirations to win the Super Bowl. This team is stacked. And a quarterback that had aspirations to win MVP after his 2018 Comeback Player of the Year campaign. So it all all was a massive shock to me, man. I'm just sitting there thinking, like, what the fuck is going on? But uh, as I sat there and as more information trickled in and as it started to sink in that the shit was real um I, I started to think about it some more think about why this is happening again and the information that you're getting and eventually when i saw the presser with what andrew luck said and the line that really got me that really made me think like all right this dude's doing it for the right reasons was when he said he's just in constant pain yep. like it's been four years of pain rehab management uh rehab pain management rehab pain management i mean if you were like that for four years like that's gotta be a shitty life to live a dark a dark place to be as he put it yeah no i mean uh, he was on record with uh with albert breer and a couple other people i think will brinson of of cbs uh they they both did stories uh the beginning of last year and then this off season about uh andrew luck and he came out and said that 
yeah, like the two, you know, sitting out all of 2017, it was kind of a blessing. Like I, you know, I found, I, I married my then girlfriend, now wife. You know, if I if that didn't happen, I would have effed it up. But he came out and said he was in a dark place. He was an sob to be with. He wasn't a fun person to be around. Uh, so like mentally, headspace wise, for three or four years, it's always been injury, pain, rehab, injury, yeah. pain, rehab, and like imagine living that life, dude. Oh my dude, god, like it's insane. And then it's not even just that of like the injury, pain, rehab. Now every single day you're getting the media bombardment. And granted, they're just trying to do their job. But every day is how are you feeling? Is the shoulder okay? Are you coming back? Do you think you can push the ball downfield? Are you gonna do you think you can throw like you did again? Are you gonna be as mobile as you were? Yeah. Like every single day. And then if you factor in other aspects of sports, uh, just look at, you know, uh, Kevin Durant. With the, the calf injury that turned into a blown out Achilles in the middle of a game. Yeah. That's gotta be factored in with with, with stuff too. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, if you start looking at some of this stuff, man, like um, even Calvin Johnson walking away at 30 years old, um, even uh, Robin Kraski, like I know he's put like nine years into the NFL, but he's only like what, 31, 32, whatever mm -hmm. it is, whatever his age is. Barry Sanders. Can, yeah, you can you can still play more, but we gotta realize the NFL is a brutal game, man. Like these guys get beat the fuck up every single Sunday. Right. And the line that I always remember from Rob Gronkowski was um, somebody asked him, like, uh, hey, how hard is it playing the NFL? How do you feel? Blah, blah, whatever it is. And his line, his answer to that question was, well, I feel like I was in a car crash every Monday morning. Yep. Like, when I wake up, I feel like I was in a car crash. Like, that is some serious shit. Think about that for 16 weeks out of the year. At least you wake up feeling like you were in a car crash right. the night before. So on the, on the injury topic, I mean, over the last six, the six years that he's played, he's dealt with torn cartilage and mm -hmm. two ribs. Mm -hmm. All right. Partially torn abdomen. He tore an ab mm -hmm. muscle. A lacerated kidney that left him peeing blood. Uh, uh, let's see. At least one concussion behind a atrocious offensive line for three years. And then uh, the torn labrum on his shoulder that sat him out all of uh, two years ago. And then this uh, this calf ankle issue that put him over which, the, the thing. Which I made a point before we got on the, on the air here was I think that calf ankle issue is much deeper and bigger than everybody's making out to be. It's the fact that this was his final straw. I know in the presser he said it wasn't his final straw, but if you're a human being with thoughts, you can realize this is what led up right. to him retiring, you know? Right, because then... Um, Oh, go ahead. But, yeah, yeah. but the, that, that, that calf injury, and I want to talk about that because it happened back in April, right? From what I understand. Yeah, like OTAs. And originally it was a calf injury, but now it morphed into a high ankle sprain, into some sort of Achilles issue, into bone some issue sort of from bone issue, into some sort of issue where three, four weeks ago, um, Andrew Luck said in a report, an actual conversation he's had with a reporter, that I'm in constant pain. Like now my lower ankle hurts as well. And right. that's when the alarms went off for me. That's when I was like, wait a minute, this was a calf before. Now his lower ankle hurts. Like there's a lot more going right. on here, and we had this argument via Twitter as well. It, it's one of those things where this was the final straw for the poor kid, where mm -hmm. he's like, "I gotta walk away from this, man." Right, right. I mean, like even in that presser, uh, he said at some point last uh, the last major injury, the shoulder issue, he said to himself, "I'm never going through this re like this rehab yeah, process again." Yeah. So like this whole unknown of what the hell is going on with my ankle. The team thought there was progress. He didn't think there was progress. And clearly, even two weeks ago when he was doing drills before the week two preseason game against the Browns, when he was doing agility drills on like the pads, 
everyone thought he looked good, but apparently, you, you know, I'm not in the psyche well, well, of Andrew how much, Luck. How much pain medicine is he taking to right. get out there right. to look like he's just normal? Right. And then, I mean, then again, like those pain meds too, like that's warping your fucking psyche yeah, as well too. Some course, people man. take to it as like, yeah, okay. Well, exactly. Some people, like I was on pain meds one time after major surgery. I was not a fun person to be around either. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you got to think at the end of the day, pain medication, um, it like, you know, blocks receptors and it rewires your, your, your you lose your, a touch. Yeah, like you know I'm saying, it rewires your, how your, your, your brain fires and all that stuff. So um, I assume that can't be fun. Now moving forward, um, looking at his legacy, I want to talk about what his legacy was to you um, in regards to what Andrew Luck was and who what he was in the NFL. Best prospect ever, short of John Elway coming out of college. Uh, career de- uh, derailed by injury. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he had even at least a few pieces on that offensive line the first three years, uh, you know, this might be a different story. Yeah. I mean, he had a he has the offensive line that people have been begging the general managers from Bill Polian all the way to the guy that's currently in in that front office right now to give Andrew Luck. And now that he finally has it and he just he doesn't feel comfortable with the with his ankle and, and all this other stuff. I mean, let's be honest, Warren Sharp tweeted this. Ryan Grigson killed Andrew Luck's career. Yeah, and I think uh, the playing game can be pointed now, and obviously there'll be enough time to kind of go go through that as well. But what I will remember the most overall, he was he was just a fun kid to be around, right. right? All the stuff you see, his enthusiasm for the game. You remember those? Like he had those amazing interviews where it was like a child was playing football, and like right. obviously he's lost that over the last four or five months. And I watched the interviews with him. But what I will take away from Andrew's career was just somebody that absolutely loved football. Yeah. And eventually, the injuries and issues caught up with them. Took they the joy out of the game. From his words, wonderful, yeah, wonderful yep. career, right? So overall, his career was a good one, not a great one, right? Um, it was just good at best. See, ultimate what if? I mean, he was in the same draft class as Robert Griffin the third, my guy Ryan Tannehill, Russell Wilson was drafted in the third round, mm-hmm. Brock Osweiler was drafted in that round. Yep. And, I mean, Osweiler's a free agent. I don't think he's on with the team right now. But everyone else is still in the league. And, you know, Andrew Luck is just the ultimate what if. Like, Barry Sanders was one generation's ultimate what if. What if he played on a different team? What if, you know, he won a championship? And now it's just Andrew Luck was right there with a top 10, top 5 contender for a Super Bowl. And and he took the proactive approach of I'm quitting on my own terms. And and you are right. The, the what if thing is massive here because since 2012 to 2006, uh, 2016, Luck was contacted, meaning hit on or something happened to his physical body while he was throwing the ball from a defender. Yep. He was contacted 470 times, which was third most in the NFL, right behind Wilson at 616 and poor Cam Newton at 756. Right. Like, I saw that stat and I was like, holy shit, Cam Newton. No like, shit. That says a lot to Cam Newton's durability as well no and shit. why he goes through all that shit. But you're right. In the ultimate what if, like, dude got hit on every single game. Um, dude's been just annihilated behind a shit offensive line. Right. Behind, with, the, with an organization that didn't support him properly. Uh, I will say, like, if this dude was, like, in the Patriots system or, like, you know, in up in Seattle, he'd have just as good a success as 
luck or Brady. So right. um, it's the ultimate what if. Uh, in 86 games played, he had 23,000 yards of throwing, 171 touchdowns and 83 interceptions, and a four-time Pro Bowler with the Comeback Player of the Year. Yep, so last year. I mean, like in a six-season span, like that's great numbers. Like I was like, what, third all-time for for the first six seasons. So I mean, even the passing yards in a six-year span, he was, you know, Dan Marino was at the top of the list. Andrew Luck was number two. Yeah. Gil, now, uh, Gil Brandt tweeted that out yesterday. Now, the biggest question I want to ask you is, uh, is he an all famer in your eyes? No. And in my eyes, he's not. No. He, I think he, he's no not. No offense. No yeah. offense, Andrew. Like, I'm not trying to fucking, you know, kick you while you're down. You're a ring of honor person in, in Indianapolis. There, there should be a street named after you in Indy, despite what happened last night when the news broke. Your statue should be next to Peyton Manning at Lucas Oil Stadium. But well, you are not a, a Hall of Famer. Yeah. That, that's yeah, it, yeah. there's and, just and, not enough. And I think we I think we agree on that. At the end of the day, the guy was good, but not great, like I started the conversation out with. Um he's not a Hall of Famer, which is unfortunate because if he played longer and had a couple better drives in the in the playoffs, um he probably would have. But speaking been. of the playoffs though, like there has to be respect given you know, for those three years when he was first in the league, he brought the, the Colts to the playoffs. Yeah. He had a shit offensive line. He had no real uh real skill position players there. I mean that's that's saying something that he put the team on his back every single time getting lit up uh, to I, I think to the take game that defined Andrew Luck in my eyes was the game that he was down 28 points to the, the Chiefs, Chiefs right? Uh, in 2014 yep. and fucking just went on this massive run of third mm-hmm. or fourth quarter yep. and they came back and won they scored like 35 unanswered points in the second half yeah and like he won that game like I was just saying they're like wow this kid is absolutely was that, amazing was that when Chuck Pagano he was out with I think with Bruce like cancer treatment the, and then Bruce yeah, Arians yeah. filled in and it was Alex Smith and uh, Andy Reid yep you know? yep that was an, that was an incredible game and then you know getting back to just the kind of guy that Andrew Luck is I don't know if you saw this today on Instagram or Twitter uh, I think it was the check down. They put a little video montage of just Andrew Luck, even when he's getting lit yeah, up by defensive tackles. Defensive he's like, players, "Nice yeah. hit, big guy. Yeah. That's good." No, man, like that—that that was a good spin move. Like that—that's just football, man. I, pre- yeah. it's you know, we're out here having fun, and I mean, he's getting annihilated behind these bad offensive lines, and he's still having fun with the game. But even then, after injury and injury and rehab. You know, you get sapped. And I think uh, I think that is a great illustration of who Andrew Luck is. Because that is who I will remember him as. I will remember him as that kid in the backyard just playing football and being like, you know, oh, thanks. Oh, great hit. You know what I'm saying? He gets up and, you know, taps his friend on, on the back and say, great hit, man. On to the next play. So that's the, that's the guy that I will always remember Andrew Luck to be. Just a fun, enthusiastic person to be around. And the one thing I will say before we wrap this, this segment of the uh, – conversation up is I, I don't think we've seen the end of Andrew Luck I, I think you think he's coming back like I think at 29 years old man like if you have a year mm. even two years to get right you can make a one-year run or two-year run. Let's say, let's say at age 32, the Colts have a great team, a great team, and Jacoby Brisket isn't working out for them. You know what I'm saying? Brissette. I know, I know. Joke. It's a joke. Don't, don't bust rank because I got a whole segment you know just for just for the Colts fans out there. Well, so. at the end of the day, like I, I can see a scenario where let's say you know uh, Jacoby Brissett's not working out, and you know Garoppolo doesn't work out, or Eli Manning doesn't get traded to the Colts, or whatever the fucking scenario is. Whatever it happens, it doesn't work, and they've built that team up to be even better than this team now. Why not come back for a one-year stint? You know what? Part of me would love that because mm-hmm. I, I don't want I don't want Andrew Luck to go down as you know like a great quarterback they never won. I don't want him to be a Dan Marino. I don't want him to be a Jim Kelly. And for a long time, John Elway was almost in that boat. Yeah. I don't want him to be that way. But Andrew Luck is smart enough to know that 
this game and the way he plays and the way the game is now is going to affect the quality of his life. Yeah. Is is winning a ring and being a Hall of Famer that important that he's not able to pick up his soon-to-be newborn child and play with that kid and run around like with bad knees or a bad shoulder? He's smart enough. He, the the cat went to Stanford. His dad is the the commissioner of the XFL. He is all set with life with the yeah, money. Oh, absolutely he's not. He's made anything, so much money. If, if he's getting back in football, I can see him being a head coach, yeah. a head coach, yeah. or I can see him being an offensive coordinator, or hell, a GM. One of those like executive positions yeah. of the team. But I, I think Listen, we the saw dude the went last... to Stanford. He's super smart. Yep. He can be running an organization. He's like that kind of guy that's that head of, head of a company CEO type. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like he'd be great as a head coach or as a GM. So I yeah. can see him come back and doing that. But I think we saw the last of him in past. You think so? Oh yeah. And then you think it's done for real for him? smart enough to know that you know do you really want to like all those hits even like those little taps like do you yeah. really want to deal with the potential of like cte yeah. do you not want to remember who you are yeah. like seeing a punch bunk, punch drunk boxer or hell even look at former hall of famers and stuff like they they, they couldn't even move around yeah I, I saw a great tweet last night um, of this guy. Well, first of all, the AFC South had a horrendous day yesterday. It was bad. It was bad it for was the AFC brutal. South. <laughs> the poor it was AFC a, South. Like, it was like Black Friday, but like on a Saturday night, man. Yeah. It was rough. Oh, I saw a guy drafting Andrew Luck and Lamar Miller on his back to uh, back. on his fantasy football team. And both those guys went down yesterday. This and is I'm why like, we do our drafts exactly. after That's why four. I always say people that draft early August, mid-August are stupid. You wait till like at least after the third week of the preseason or early September right. I don't care about draft. sleepers I want like it's nice it's nice to like say if you draft early and you find a fucking diamond in the rough in the 7th or 8th round yeah. that's fine but if I'm drafting Lamar Miller because I'm going 0 RB and yeah. I'm drafting all my running backs late and Lamar Miller falls to me and I draft him and then two weeks later he blows his fucking knee out well, absolutely not. Well, dude, imagine if we did our draft August first, and somebody drafted Zeke, Melvin Gordon, Andrew Luck, Lamar that would have Miller. Been the ultimate psycho. Oh team. my god, could you imagine? <laughs> like, like Russian roulette. Your logo better yeah. be like, you know, Robert De Niro in the Deer Hunter with mm -hmm. the red fucking bandana and a six-round revolver right next to your head, like the movie cover. Was this a deer? Was a Deer Hunter? The Deer Hunter. When was this? Pre two thousand. Yeah, pre two thousand. Oh, never mind. It's one one Academy Award. Young young Christopher. <laughs> Walken. Nikki! Nikki, no! Nikki! Speaking of Christopher Walken, every time I hear his name or I see him on TV, I think of Jim Gowdy. <laughs> oh, God. Well, Jim Gowdy, was, he's the best. So oh, my God. We're, we're, all right, so we wrapped up Luck the player. Yeah, so moving forward, we'll talk about how this will impact the, the Colts going forward. And I know you'll go into a deep dive here, but I want to give you my high-level view of what I think is going to happen. I think Brissett is a great fill-in player. I think he's a great um, get you to 10-6, and six, maybe squeeze into the playoffs, um, maybe win a playoff game. But the guy is not Andrew Luck. He's not going to get you to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. I've watched Brissett for a couple of years at, at, uh, at New England. Um, the dude was our, uh, was a third-string quarterback behind Garoppolo. Mm. We watched him in preseason. And from everything I hear, he's developed, he's blossomed, he's doing great things in Indianapolis. And if he does take off and he becomes the next great young quarterback, wonderful, great. I'd be more than happy for him. But the way I see him and the way what I saw in New England, what I've seen so far in the preseason, I think the guy is a 10-6 quarterback, squeeze into the playoffs, and maybe win a game. But it's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Now, this might be controversial, but I think they should honestly look at Colin Kaepernick and see if he has anything in the tank to bring him in for a tryout and see if he's better than Brissett or not. All right. 
I mean, listen, I love I love Cap. I want Cap to get in the job, get in, back in the league. But the fact of the matter is, we're two weeks away from kickoff. Jacoby Brissett's been in that system for two years now, especially with Frank Reich. He showed a lot in 2017. I mean, he got traded there for like what, like a third round pick, fucking peanuts, dude, out of New England. Like it was like a hot dog and a handshake. Yeah, it was not good. He got traded there. He he learned the playbook on the fly with the with the scheme that really didn't fit him. Chuck Pagano, a defensive coach, uh, being in charge. I'm going to put wind in the sails. Before you go, before you go, I will say that Tom Brady was always super highly complimentary of Brissett whenever you talk about him. Right. Just about how smart he was. And even Bill Parcells um, vouched for this kid mm-hmm. to Belichick. Hey, man, listen, you, got, you drafted this kid. Stick with him. He's going to turn out to be great. So right. I can't see him exploding into something awesome. That'd be great if he does. But what I see in the seat that I'm sitting at now, uh, I, I don't think it's more than a 10 and 6. And if it's something more than I'd be more than happy to say, dude, I was wrong. But that's fucking awesome. So go ahead. Four so yours. I'm going to put wind in the sails of some Colts fans. Last year, there were offers on the table from multiple teams to trade for Jacoby Brissett. They liked what he saw with what he what with what he had in 2017 with the shit offensive line, no time to learn the playbook, really bad pass catchers on on the perimeter. But now he's fully developed in Frank Reich. If anybody is going to right this ship for the Indianapolis Colts, it's Frank Reich. And you know, coaching Jacoby Brissett, he's mobile. He can run. I mean, you could have zone read options with him and Marlon Mack in the backfield. He's got. He's a. He's a, kind of the definition of a pocket passer at the same time too. We can stand back there. He's got a hell of an arm. He's got um, T. Y. Hilton that can take the top off of defense. He's got that rookie Paris Campbell out of uh, Ohio State that could get the underneath stuff. Lightning fast. And even he could take the top off of defense too. So yeah. the. I see I see them going to the playoffs. This division, even last night with, you know, the news uh, of fucking the running back for, for the Texans. What 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 the hell's his name? Lamar uh, Miller. Lamar Miller yeah. getting getting his knee torn up. Yeah. That that division's still wide open, but I still see Brissett leading the leading them to the kind of the promised land, getting to the playoffs, and he's going into a contract year. Yeah. Like if he balls out, he's getting paid. And if Frank Reich is still gonna be there next year, he's gonna want his he's not gonna wanna have to teach a playbook to like a, a you know, a Jake Fromm coming out of uh, Oregon. Or, or is that Jake from Georgia, Justin Herbert's out of Oregon. Herbert's out of yep. Oregon. Like, you don't want to teach that to a rookie going in there and then all these, like, super high expectations. I like Jacoby Brissett. From a fantasy perspective, everybody gets knocked down a peg or five. But in real-life football, put wind in the sails of Colts fans. I think you're going to be fine with Jacoby Brissett, especially in the AFC South. Yeah, Eric Ebron was going to be one of those top one, two, three tight ends for fantasy. Right. Because he came on strong last year. But now, dude, oh, he's going to fall down to like at least top 10. You know what I'm right. saying? So. But fantasy perspective, when Jacoby Brissett played in 2017, his top target was Jack Doyle. Mm, so, not set, granted, that was at a time when there was no perimeter wide receivers, but he had eyes for Jack Doyle in the last time he played. So, sure. just keep an eye and, on and that. And like I said, man, I, he's a New England alumni. I would love nothing more for him to blossom into something great. But from what I've seen and the information that I have now, I don't see that. I see him 10 and 6 at the best, um, maybe 8 and 8, 9 and 7, whatever it is, um, squeezing in, maybe winning a playoff game. But I don't see anything more than that, mm-hmm. you know? And, and then that's the, that's the unfortunate thing when you have Andrew Luck quit two weeks. Um, he retires two weeks before the season starts. It takes a Super Bowl, potential Super Bowl winning MVP team 
to a potential make the playoffs barely team. Right. But what yeah. helps him this time is Brissett had reps with the ones sure. almost all training camp. Sure. So he's not going in there with like a fucking cup of coffee and hey, I just met you. This is my name tag. Okay, I'm gonna take care of this fucking huddle right here. Yeah. Please don't kill me on the edge. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and you're spot on right. That's a great point, Mr. Puma. The fact that Andrew Luck has been hurt all training camp um, does only wonders for yep. Kobe Brissett. I mean, even at the press conference, Andrew Luck was high. I mean, Andrew Luck came out and said he was jealous of the joy yeah. that Jacoby Brissett yeah, had with playing football and, you know, Frank Wright. That line killed me, by the way. I was right? like, oh, no dude, shit. Andrew Luck, come no on, shit. Dude. Like, oh, I feel for you. Like, bud. you literally lost the fun in the game, yeah. but he was stoked for his boy to be having this much fun in, in a little bit yeah. uh, of a kind of way. But you have Ursay, you have Frank Reich, and then uh, I think the general manager's, manager's Ballard. They're, they're all high on Jacoby Brissett. So, so. Uh, outlook for the Colts uh, to finish up the segment. Uh, I think I've already made it clear. I think 10 and 6 is a good number for these guys now. Um, I was thinking on lines along the lines of 12 and 4, 13 and 3 with Andrew Luck. Right. Um, vying for that third, fourth uh, playoff spot in the AFC. Um, but with what happened, what do you think is going to be their record with Andrew Luck retiring? I can kind of drink, I can drink that Kool Aid a little bit, like 10 and 6, you know, that fucking, what is it, like 9 and 5. 9 I and mean, 7. You know, something like that. The, the division's now tightened up. With- well, the division now is wide open for the Texans. Like, is if, it I'm though? There, if, I I'm mean, sitting, Lamar- if I'm Bill O'Brien, I'm sitting there, like, I know Lamar Miller went down, and I know Clowney is going through his contract, uh, hold on, whatever. Clowney might be flipping I, to South Beach. I, I, if I'm the, if I'm the Texans tonight, I'm salivating because I am making sure I have my executive team calling Clowney, getting him into the building, and I'm making sure that Duke Johnson ready to go. Well, here's the thing, though, but you still have Duke Johnson who got there, what, like a, what, like a month ago almost? Yeah. Clowney that's still pissed, and then... You still have a like a questionable offensive line sure. protecting a quarterback that was the most sacked guy in football last year. Yeah. If anyone's going to pounce on this, especially with Lamar Miller going down and Andrew Luck retiring, this is the Jacksonville Jaguars' chance to fucking take control of this division. They still have the defense. We saw Josh Allen week three against the Dolphins. He looked like a fucking man amongst boys, and he was playing with the ones. So that defense is there. If Nick Foles can be even half the person he was with six games with the Philadelphia Eagles, with D.D. Westbrook and Keelan Cole on the, on the outside, a Marquise Lee that's coming back, this is their division to win, but I'm still taking Jacoby Brissett I, to lead them to the playoffs and win the division. Really? Yep. Wow, okay. I find it funny that we said both the, uh, the Texans and uh, the Jags, but the team that could potentially win this division, the Titans sitting there at 9-7, 9-7, 9-7 last three years, Good coach team with if uh, Mariota stays healthy, they could make some noise in that division as well. That's the thing. Like that defense in Tennessee is great. Like you yeah. got Mike Vrabel coaching that te- that defense. That you know that defense has always played out last year. But you know you have Mariota going into a contract year. They don't know if he's even going to be around next year. Um, and then you have my guy Ryan Tannehill. He was traded up there, and he's been making noise with you know possibly competing for the job. Yeah. I think there's a lot of questions at the quarterback position. I'm not sold on Chris Davis and uh, Tay Sharp on the outside. Tay Sharp looked good. Chris Davis has kind of underperformed throughout his career. I don't have a whole lot of confidence in the offensive side of the ball, especially with Matt LaFleur splitting and going to Green Bay. Yeah. So if they can if they can make moves, yeah. this whole division's wide open, but I still have them bringing up the rear. As a, and that was a micro view on the AFC South, but as a macro view for the AFC Conference in general, oh, this, all bets are off. This this helps out the Patriots. I mean, I'm a Patriots fan, and my, from my perspective, the Chiefs and the Patriots are both looking at this like, wow, that makes it easier for us. Yeah. Because a team that... 
I feared the most as a Patriots fan is the Chiefs and the close second behind that is the Colts mm -hmm. with Andrew Luck healthy. And then behind that is the Steelers. But, like, if this dude's leaving, if Andrew Luck is leaving and the Colts are out of it, like, it's just a Patriots and Chiefs horse race now. Like, who's going to win between those two out of the AFC now, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I got my, my guys out in L.A. with the Chargers. But, I mean, like, the, dude, like, this defense, they're not, not even defense, the whole team. Like, you have... Uh, Darius Leiner, I think he was a rookie linebacker oh, yeah. for the Colts. He won Defensive Rookie of the Year. Actually, yep, right? Defensive yeah. Rookie of the Year. And then you have Quentin Nelson on that offensive line. Like the the Colts are ready to go. They're ready to roll. If Jacoby Brissett, I'm not saying he's gonna. He has to be Andrew Luck, mm -hmm. but just keep the team in it. Just keep the team in it, and all the other pieces are gonna fall into play. There's no. That's it. Put it. That's my hot take. Jacoby Brissett leads them to the goddamn playoffs, and I think they could make a deep run because I really, I really like deep what, run. I think they can make a deep run. The guy can run. The guy's got an arm, and I think with Frank Reich and his skill set, I think the playbook can be opened up a little, a little bit more. Okay, a little bit more. Right. I'm not saying I'm not saying he's better than Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck is the probably not. second best player ever in Colts history, but. I think you can open uh, open up the playbook a little bit more. That's a more good question. I, do you think he's the uh, second best player in Colts history, even ahead of Marvin Harrison and uh, was it Marshall Falk, right? You mean you got Peyton, Marvin Harrison? I gotta go luck, and then I mean you got Johnny Unitas too. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. You know. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Um, now that we've uh, dissected this for thirty minutes now, <laughs> let's talk about the piece of crap fans that are the Indianapolis Classless. Colts. Um, they were worse than Philadelphia fans last night. Yeah. And to give you guys some rundown in the context, what happened was the plan was for this story to break Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. Unfortunately, uh, for unfortunately, Saturday night when the Colts preseason game was going on, Adam Schefter broke the news. And in that preseason game, um, Luck was standing on the sideline. Yeah. Now, as the information trickle, uh, trickled throughout the whole stadium, people found out that Luck was retiring and they decided to boo him. As you walked off the field. Now, I, as a sports fan, I like to say, like, hey, they're sports fans, they're drunk, they whatever that is. But I think this hit me in a different way. It kind of hit a chord for I don't know why, but I was absolutely furious for Andrew Luck. The kid is a good kid. He gave you everything he had. He's walking away because he's been in pain for four fucking years. Like, what else does he owe you that you have to go out there and boo right. for him? Like, what is your entertainment for? Uh, like, your Sunday's entertainment is at this guy's expense, and you're booing him because he's retiring. Like, I, I, I saw that, and it hit a nerve, and I was just instantly furious. Right. And I will say, these these fans in that fucking stands that, uh, last night are probably the most classic fans I've ever seen. Right. Like, not speaking for all like all the Colts fans out there, but the, the asshats that were in the stands. That Listen, I get it. You're going through the five stages of grief. Your team was on the precipice of competing for a Super Bowl. But the man's mental health takes a priority over your fucking Sunday entertainment. I mean, listen, again, this is coming off as dramatic. But say if he played, right? Say if he played, he had no joy, and then one little thing happened, and he fucking snapped. Like, who knows? Like, do you want the guy to be, like, fucking in a hospital or, God forbid, do something worse, hurt himself, hurt other people for your fucking entertainment on Sunday? Yeah. No. Andrew Luck did the right fucking thing and, and left the thing. Uh, you know, left the Colts. But it was funny. You sent me a video on Twitter of the field field level audio yeah. of Andrew Luck walking off the stage. And I know I commented on this on Twitter, but I'm 90% sure that you could hear him 
say to like the security guard in front of him, last time I have to hear this. Yeah. Like the booing and all this other stuff. Because in 2017, when he was dealing with the shoulder injury, Jim Ursay pretty much said, oh, Andrew Luck's injury is all mental. Mm -hmm. Like trying to trying to be like that guy, like, oh, no, pff, fucking nothing. Like just yeah. tough rub dirt on it. So I think the people that booed last night are really looking themselves in the mirror being like, I can't believe I did that. I know. They have to go home last night and look at themselves in the mirror and say, I, I don't feel comfortable with what I did tonight. Like, they have to. As a human being. And if you don't, then you're fucked up more than I thought right. you were. You know, like... And the thing right up there, I think, might be a little bit worse than the fans booing last night. I'm not going to rail on Adam Schefter. He's doing his job. If he, if he didn't do... Don't go no, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear me out. He's doing his job. Yeah. If Jim Urs, if you're If you're a reporter... For ESPN, CBS, yeah. fucking pro football talk. And hypothetically, Jim Ursay or Chris Ballard call you and say, Jay, I just want to let you know, Andrew Luck is going to retire. You're going to break that news. Mm -hmm. That's a big story. Yeah. That's, that's huge for your company, your brand. You're the first one to break a major news story that everyone's going to be talking about all the way up to, to the fucking week one of the regular season. But... This has been known since Monday that he was going to possibly retire. Friday, they had the hard conversation that I'm actually going to retire. And Ursay and Ballard and Reich were like, okay, when do you want to announce? Do you want to announce today or do you want to announce Sunday after the game? He's like, well, I'll tell the teammates in the locker room Saturday after the game. I'll announce at 3 p.m., on Sunday to the media. And he even said that in his press conference. He's like, I was going to announce this to you guys tomorrow. Yeah. Like, that's that's what I was going to do. So nobody has anything to gain by you breaking news. And now, like, you're mudding the waters. Andrew Luck has no idea what the hell's going on. He doesn't know the news broke. And then all these people are booing up in the fucking grandstands. Like, you put Andrew Luck in a bad position. You put a black eye on your on your organization by breaking the news early to, to Adam well, Schefter. Well, then that's not on Adam Schefter. That's on whoever leaked that's that information. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to rail against Schefter. Schefter's do doing his job. Do, right? He's doing his now, job. Now, let's not also take... Um, listen, it, when you get that information as a fan, you can be a good person about it and be like, well, thank you. Thank you for the six right. years. Or you can boo and be a shitty person. And in that moment, those fans made a decision right. to be a shit person. Right. Like, let's not let's not sugarcoat in and give uh, not give any credence to the fact that these people made a decision. Oh on their no, own. I'm not giving them a hall pass. They're yeah. still asshats of people. Yeah. But the person that leaked the story to sound like Freddie Kitchens yeah. did not do Andrew Luck in his organ his or her organization a favor. Yeah. Yeah, regardless, uh, what I saw last night sickened me. Uh, I think they're the worst fans on the fucking planet. Uh, probably worse than Eagles fans, truthfully, for th throwing, I mean, throwing fucking baddies at Santa Claus. Come on. Yeah, no shit. No shit. Um, okay, cool. Is there anything else you want to hit on for Andrew Luck and the Colts, or you got anything out there on the table, man? I, that's that's really it. I mean, good luck to Brissett. I think he's going to do fine. I think he's going to exceed a lot of people's expectations. Uh, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. And Andrew Luck, just just get right, man. Yeah. Like, just, you know, if you find fucking joy in, in whatever you're doing, that's really all anyone should really care about. So cool. so we got, we got a little bit of time for one last topic. And I think I really want to hit on what's important to me is um, how teams look after week three. I think I want to hit on um, two or three teams that I saw that really stuck out to me um, because after week three, you can get the best sense of who you think will actually do something in uh, in the regular season. And uh, are you cool with that? Yeah. 
Awesome. Let me let me pull up my notes here. Okay, cool. So first things first, and not being a homer here, but I absolutely love the Patriots, man. I love everything about the Patriots. I love Tom Brady looked good in the in the one drive that he had. I think uh, the receiving core is deep as hell. Um, I think that defense has actually gotten better from last year. The defense is fast, quick, gets uh, gets to the the ball carrier in a hurry, and and I think uh, Belichick made this point about um, two three weeks ago, saying that this could be his most um, athletic team he's ever coached, and I think I saw that on film last mm. night in the last couple of preseason games. So I'm looking out for great things out of the Patriots. Another team that I watched that really kind of um, had me thinking was uh, had me thinking that could be decent, something decent this year was the Jets. I think Sam Darnold and his progression. Um, in the first two or th- first the first uh, three preseason games that I've seen so far, I think he's gonna take that next step to be an absolutely great quarterback in the FCs. And with Adam Gase and uh, just the defensive moves they made, I think they could be formidable. Now the Browns themselves have a lot of issues, um, <laughs> a lot of bullshit going on in the locker room. But I do want to highlight the Browns' defense, though. Watching that defensive line and those cornerbacks, like. I think that's probably the best defensive unit in the NFL. So I'm not giving a full-on, like, Browns look great uh, for the offense because there's a lot of issues and a lot of personalities on the offensive end. But on the defensive end, man, those guys are going to be absolute animals, man. Mm. Um, another uh, unit that I really want to point out is the Dallas, uh, Dallas offensive line. Um, they're just mauling people, dude. They're right. simply moving business people. Business as usual. They're business usual. They're mauling people. They, they look better than last year, truthfully. When you have a kid named Tony Pollard running all over the fucking map, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so those guys are going to be great, which in turn will lead to Dak Prescott probably being good and the offense is going to be good as a whole. Right. And then there's two things I want to highlight that I watched that just look bad to me were the Buccaneers. That offensive line is a fucking I know, joke. right? I, I, I have high hopes for that coaching staff. Great talent, that coaching staff. Um, and Bruce Arians. But my God, that is a bad team. It's not bad. The team is great. The offensive weapons are fine. Mm-hmm. But if Jameis Winston's not going to have time to drop back and let a play develop, he is going to get fucking annihilated every time. That offensive line, I think, might be worse than my Miami Dolphins. Yeah. And yeah. They, it's, so, yeah, that, that, yeah, Buccaneers not good. <laughs> I mean, that off. Well, we both know that teams are built from the inside out. If your offensive and defensive lines aren't good, mm-hmm. you're not going to have a good team. And then finally, I know we might see differently on this, but the Bills didn't look that good to me, man. I watched them for three preseason games. I saw spurts here and there, a couple of drives, a couple of throws. But overall, I didn't walk away thinking, you know what? Those guys can make some noise, you know? Well, week three, like, they kind of made a concerted attempt to have fucking, uh, to have Josh Allen take the easy money underneath and hit Cole Beasley. I think he had, like, fucking 130 yards and a quarter and a half. But week, uh, week, that was week two. Week three, they made a more concerted effort to run the football with Frank Gore and Shady and Devin Singletary. I don't think we've seen a whole lot of the war chest. Josh Allen needs to stop with the hero throws. He did one of those back, thro- uh, back foot, cross body, chuck it up and see what happens. Let me see what, uh, what I can do kind of deals. And it was an interception, but it got called back for roughing the passer. I, I'm still high on the Bills in that defensive yeah. unit. Um, the teams I, I liked uh, from what uh, I saw 
through three weeks was uh, the Eagles. Uh, they are probably one of the better uh, on both sides of the football, offense, defense, and hell, even special teams. One of the better uh, better rosters in the entire NFL, especially that backfield. I mean, in real-life football, that backfield is probably one of the best. It's, it's one of those uh, New England, I'm calling it like a New England hybrid with, you know, mm-hmm. who knows, like one week it could be this guy, one week it could be Jordan Howard and, and whatnot. And then pass catchers, you got D-Jax, and then you have uh, that kid they drafted, uh, Arcegia Whiteside uh, in that front seven on defense. Name. Yeah, I mean, Whiteside took the top off. I think he had two touchdowns, like 150 yards in like the dress rehearsal uh, this week. Uh, I'm with you in the Patriots. That defense looks great. That front seven looks great. Uh, Winovich, he's, he's showing a lot of speed and pop. Uh, in my opinion, he probably should have been taken a little bit higher than where he was drafted. Right, good uh, value. Uh, Jamie Collins looks lean. Uh, and he seems to be buying into the program. And then on the offensive line, uh, the they were rumored to be part of the Trent Williams sweepstakes, but they seem to be buying in a lot with Isaiah Wynn. Yep. He's coming off that Achilles injury. Uh, so they seem to be shoring up that part of the offensive line. Uh, and then the wide receivers on paper. I mean, Unreal. Josh Gordon came off of the NFI list today. And then you have um, Dontrell Inman. He's probably going to make the roster. That undrafted kid, Jacoby Myers. That on paper, if and when they decide to throw the ball, could be one of the most lethal uh, combos in the NFL. Dude, so what's up with Josh Gordon? So uh, I haven't looked too deep into this. Um, is he gonna be suspended during the regular season for some games, or no, was it indefinite? So, uh, was it uh, indefinite suspension during the off season? It was during it was during the off season. So he was suspended starting last last year. I think it was like week uh, yeah, eleven, late, yeah. and then he was suspended. Air quote indefinitely. He applied for reinstatement. He got reinstated into the league. Uh, conditionally, so I'm assuming he has to, you know, meet certain criteria with like either a therapist or you know drug testing, obviously, and other stuff. But the Patriots put him on the NFI list, the uh, the non-football injury list, uh, to probably just get him more time to look into the playbook, not worry about getting into pads and make sure his mind's right. He came off that today. He practiced in full pads. Yeah. Um, so. And you're right, that, that that wide receiver core is going to be the deepest wide receiver core in the NFL. If, like, some of those guys are going to make the team. Like, Demarius Thomas probably could not make the, I don't think he's going to make the team truthfully. But Demarius Thomas... He's who, on the bubble. From some right? beat reporters, yeah. he's on the bubble. Demarius Thomas, Julian Edelman, um, Josh Gordon, um, Braxton Berrios, uh, Inman. Like, there's just... Uh, Philip Dorsett, there's just... Wide receivers everywhere. Nikhil Harry, I forgot about him. Like, there's just so much there. So, I'm super excited about the, the past season this year. But yeah. go ahead. Uh, and then my last team, the Giants. Here we go. Now, Daniel Jones, we'll put that off to a, to the side. But week three, even week two, uh, Eli looked good. He looked better. He had more zip on the ball. It wasn't little dying quails he was throwing downfield. And my favorite part was week three, uh, I think it was Wayne Gallman took a run uh, run down in the red zone. And Eli was willing to, like, block people. Well, he feels that. I, rookie coming behind I him. He fucking, I couldn't believe it. Uh, Tara was watching the game with me, and I'm laughing like a fucking kid in a candy store, being like, Eli Manning was willing to block for his guy down the field. But beyond the quarterback aspect, they're making a, more of an effort to get the ball into Evan Ingram's hands, especially the first four games. You got Golden Tate that's suspended. We saw this at training camp, even in the red zone, where he was doing drills with all the quarterbacks and red zone fade yeah. routes and all this other stuff. They did a beautiful tight end screen on week three. Um, and then you have like Slayton and uh, what was this other cat's name? There was another wide receiver, uh, Latimer. They looked like they can stretch the top off of a defense. 
I'm not saying they're going to win the division. Yeah. Their offensive line is light years improved. Uh, the Browns are going to miss Zeitler from that trade. He got shipped to the Giants that OBJ trade. That offensive line, it was they were giving Odell, uh, they were giving Eli time. They were giving Daniel Jones time. Uh, that offensive line is great, and the NFC East historically has been a logjam. They could make noise. Yeah. I like what I saw from the talent on that roster right now. I think sure. they're going in the right direction. Okay, cool. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so that's just our general feel of uh, what stood out to us for the first three uh, weeks of preseason. Um, I think next week's episode is when we're actually going to lay down our picks. Who's going to make the playoffs? Um, who's going to make the Super Bowl? Um, there's actually some pro- programming news from us at the Profile Radio Podcast where we're going to be switching up dates into when we're going to drop the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I believe the next one... Is next Tuesday or the week Tuesday after that? Tuesday after that, because then the the that's first week of the regular season kickoff with giant uh, with Packers and Bears. Yeah, yeah, and just to go, just to kind of fill you guys in, um, we're moving our schedule up to Tuesday nights. Um, so the plan is Tuesday after work we're going to record and upload um, Tuesday great is because we can um, digest what happened during the weekend on Sunday nights and Monday nights are the games that actually happen and then look forward to the Thursday night game and uh, what's going to happen the next week so going forward you'll hear from us on, on Tuesday nights yeah yeah Yeah. can you believe we're almost here bro dude it's great oh my god it's great gives Baker Mayfield something to take his mind off of instead of, instead of uh, doing GQ interview uh, interviews and taking pot shots of people. So now he has to focus on actual real football. Right, so. right. yeah, that, uh, there's a lot of personalizing in the locker room in, in Cleveland, man. They, Dude. Uh, they better manage that shit quick, bro. Or it's else gonna, it's gonna be downhill quick. Boop. It's gonna, it's, it could be one of two things. Yeah. It could be probably one of the, the best teams to go from worst to first. Or they could all just fucking blow up in a powder keg by week four. Yeah. Because there's that much volatility in that locker room with a first year head coach. Yep, yep. Cool, man. Well, uh, anything else you want to get to? Uh, Nah, I think awesome. that's it. Well, then, why don't you plug it up? Yeah, I'll get, so, my, I'll get my throat ready for the Vince McMahon you're fired. There you go. <laughs> so, Facebook, Instagram, we're Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter, PFR Podcast. I'm on the Twitter, Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. Uh, you can find us SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, <laughs> YouTube every now and then. Jay's clearing his throat. <laughs> Let us know what your feedback is. This is your podcast. We want to tailor more towards what you guys think. If you want to have a little mailbag section, we'll fucking do that. Let us know what you want. We'll try to deliver on those requests. Otherwise, that's all I got. Let's. You gonna hit hit me with the, your fire? You gonna wow me or what? In honor of the XFL being <laughs> being the team. We got the team names. With those stupid ass names. The names aren't that bad. The names are so bad for the XFL. Do we even want to rap at this point? No, no, all right. You're fired. Now that you did the intro to the XFL, so you got to do Vince real quick. Everybody, week one, this is the XFL. Part two. And. Freddy Soliotis, I'm glad you're on the mend, but you're still fired! It was his birthday yesterday. Or today? Or yesterday? Vince's? Yeah. Yesterday. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys. Uh, Football season right around the corner. We will talk to you next Tuesday. Vaya con Dios!